Welcome to another episode of Corkout History, where we drink Portuguese wine and we talk about Portuguese history, mostly the wine. My name is Andre, and I'm Inês. And welcome to Corkout History. Hello, hello, Inês. How are you? Hello. I'm okay. A little bit cold. A little bit tired. It's but getting I'm cold. Okay. Yes, yes, it's getting cold. And our energy bills in the UK are getting so high. <laughs> very true, very true, very true. But all that apart, we're not going to be thinking about that right now. Because today we have another special episode, isn't it? Yes, we're reaching the end of our season and getting ready for the next year. So we are getting a few more special episodes now sprinkled onto the mixture. Yes, and today this one will be... With questions from our listeners. Yes, this will be a Q&A episode with all the questions that we got from you over the last couple of days on Instagram. So we're going to be trying to reply to a few of those and we'll see where that gets us, isn't it? But before that, we're forgetting something very important, Inês. Our wine. Yes, what are we drinking tonight? Yes, wine is very important tonight because this wine is going to warm me up a little bit and just make this day feel a little bit better. I need this wine tonight. So what are we drinking, Andre? I haven't seen Inez in a while, but I sent her a bottle of something that I also have here, which is Steve. Steve is a wine from Casa Ferreirinha, so that's a winery up in the north that we've already drank. Remember there was a wine with the little bird called Papa Figus? Mm, yes, yes. So yes. they're from the same company, and tonight we'll be drinking Steve. So cheers. Cheers. I hope it warms you up, Inej, because you're needing a little pick-me-up. <laughs> I do need a little pick-me-up today, but I'm sure it will deliver. So, shall we dive into some of these questions then? We have received questions of all sorts. Some of them are more related to history, and some are more curious about ourselves. True, so, today we're going to get personal. <laughs> We are going to get a little bit personal. We're going to tell you a little bit about who are we, why we do this, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. So we have a few related questions, I would say. For instance, let's start with a question from Seldom Makes History on Instagram. And she asked us, how did we meet? We are both from the same city in Portugal. We grew up in Tumar. Tumar is a small town and small city you would say yeah, it's a city for the portuguese standards for the size in portugal it is a city for other countries i guess maybe it could be considered a small town i'm not sure yeah so it's around 10,000 people in the city center i think like 20,000 all over so it's a fairly manageable size city and that's where we <laughs> grew up and, and it's a uh, lovely city and you should come <laughs> and visit there we go it's a very historical city though and we do have a lot of historical monuments and uh, points of interest yeah true and we even have some unesco heritage we mm. do although wait i'm afraid we are getting our questions mixed because one of our next questions from luke and c on instagram as well 
is where are you from and why are you in London? But we haven't true, finished. True. Let's organize ourselves, Andre. Let's reply to the question from Southern true, Mixed true. History. Very true. Okay, so now you know we're both from the same city. So at some point in our lives, we were both studying English and we were doing that in an English, an English school. school. So we both did that and that's where we met. Yes, so we met in this English school, which I guess, in a weird way, has brought us both here as well. I know, it's uh, weird to think about it, yes. Yeah, yeah, we did meet each other learning English, and in the end, mm -hmm. we both moved into the UK, and we're both mm -hmm. here yeah. talking in Funny, English. Funny, isn't and hosting it? A, yeah, and hosting a, a podcast, podcast in, in English. English as well. Yeah, true. true. We met there, and... Ever since then, we've been the best of friends. We have, I would say, quite a close-knit group of friends back home. And it's just lovely, even though we are both currently living in the UK. Moving on to the question by Luke and C. We are both living in London and... It, well, I'm not currently living in London now, exactly. But I'm living around London. And I'm so looking forward to go back for Christmas and meeting everyone. And it will be lovely to meet you there as well, because currently we haven't actually had True. many chances to meet in person here, which no. is uh, ridiculous, <laughs> but such is life. For anyone that knows London, life can get very busy and we haven't seen each other in a while. But yeah, throughout those years between meeting back then and now, we've both ended up coming to the UK. So Ines came first. You were the I first to arrive. First, yeah. Yeah. I've been in the UK for about nine years now, which is a little bit crazy to think about, but <laughs> yeah. it does move swiftly. And then I arrived in 2018, I think, so coming up to 2018 or 2019? I don't know, coming up to five years and the beginning of next year. So that's 2018, yeah, that's right. Good at maths? Nope. <laughs> so then I moved here and I've been here since then. <laughs> yeah. Why are we in London was the question from Lukanzi, wasn't it? So I came to London because I finished my studies and working in Lisbon. I finished a job that I was doing there and I decided it was time for a change. I knew I wanted to live in London for a while and I wanted to explore other avenues. So that made me find a job here and move here then. And now I work in content and fashion. Yeah, and I moved here back in the day to do my master's. And ever since then, I've stayed and started working and still working. <laughs> so <laughs> well, still here, still working. Yeah. <laughs> then we got a question from Chloe XOE. Chloe XOE. Yeah. They asked us, why did we start our podcast? One day, I was minding my own business. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a call from Inez, as I usually get, to talk about things. <laughs> Came along and said, oh, you know what? I was thinking of starting a history podcast. Would you want to join? And I can oh. assure you... <laughs> That she was more surprised that I said yes. Honestly, I never expected you to say yes, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I know. So how the idea came to me, I was really into podcasts and I'm really into history. And at some point, my partner asks me, oh, why don't you start your own podcast? And I'm like, what do you mean? I have nothing to talk about. Oh, well, you know, could talk about Portuguese history. And I'm like, oh, that's nonsense, no way. And 
and the days go by. <laughs> and a week later, I'm like, maybe actually, we could talk about Portuguese history. And there you also felt like there was not much about it. That was not on offer like English speaking Portuguese history podcasts. Yeah, that was my next step. First, it was just considering whether I would be able to stand the sound of my own voice just talking and whether I could put myself out there and dedicate myself. Because I, I did have the notion that it would be a lot of work. I probably didn't quite realize We definitely underestimated it. Especially the editing part, guys. You have no idea. Goodness, all the part. If you had told me what a life change and what an obsession this podcast would become, I would never have anticipated or I would never have seen myself doing this in the future. But there you go. I went to you and you said yes. And here yes. we are. A couple the most of, surprising uh, yes ever. Yeah, it was a very surprising yes. I really didn't expect you to say yes, but you did. And I'm so glad that you did because I do love... <laughs> doing our podcast but it's been a little bit of a trip but why <laughs> did we start as well like you were saying after the thought was planted into my mind <laughs> i did start looking into how available is portuguese history in a foreign language so i looked a little bit into what podcasts were available at the time about portuguese history And I really struggled to find, it's not to say that there isn't, especially now there's a little bit more perhaps, but there really wasn't much. Like you could find other podcasts that sometimes talked about the specific subjects on Portuguese history. For instance, there was one about the age of the discoveries, not just Portugal, but Portugal and Spain and a few other European countries they were covering. So there was that. And then obviously subjects from the Portuguese history come up here and there. Not very often, but they still do. And I realized that if we did want to do this... There was room there for us, wasn't it? And it really has become sort of a, what would you call it? A passion, an obsession? <laughs> Take it easy, Nir. Take it easy. Not an obsession. No, um, not an obsession, but it has become a really important part of our lives. Yeah, yeah, part of our lives, yeah. definitely. It gets us to talk as well. It um, does keep us in contact yeah. very often, as in talking every day. Oh, have you done that post? <laughs> oh, can you please look into that? Oh, please do that. Yeah, it's been a good journey. And it's just, yeah, at the moment I'm really enjoying just getting our little bit of our history and Portuguese culture and heritage and just getting it a little bit out there for yeah. people who had never heard the name of Portugal or maybe if they think of Portugal they just thought of Cristiano Ronaldo or something and now maybe there's a little bit more there. Cool, okay. Moving on, we did get some history-related questions as well. We did, and yes. one of them from Bairro Arab, another Instagram A friend. lovely page on Instagram, yes. Yeah, you should check it out as well. They asked us if we are gonna have any episodes covering the Al-Andalus time of current Portugal. And short answer is yes. Yes, short answer is yes. totally yes. Definitely. 
I don't know if you remember, but when we were discussing at the beginning which one would be our first subject, Alan Deluge was definitely one of the contenders there. And actually, mm -hmm. I think the reason that we didn't go for Alan Deluge was because none of us felt ready to tackle mm -hmm. such a subject and make it justice. So yeah, to still like, finding our feet. Yeah. Exactly. We were just starting. Even now, we're learning so much with every episode, every season. And we just felt that Alan Deluge is such a subject of such magnitude that we really needed a little bit more experience under our wings before we started. But yes, we definitely want to go to Alan Deluge. Yeah. yeah, it is coming. It's coming Stay for tuned. sure. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have a question from... Wookie Cookie. <laughs> this was put on our stories on Instagram as well. Who's your favorite historical figure in Portuguese history? Forget about it. I, this is one of those, like, how are we going to answer this? Jeez, I actually have... You do? Oh, I would have to think of... No, I actually have no idea. That's what I was going to say. It's, do you have someone that comes to mind straight away? Are we talking political figures are we talking like just anyone it's really broad like it's really hard if i could get one per section okay you get one in culture you get one in politics All you right, get go one, ahead. In Give arts. one in culture then no don't ask me i don't want to do it i don't want to do it just i'm just trying to avoid the question really it's a tough one but if you've listened to the other episodes before you know that i have a soft spot for King John V, like I've talked about him endless. I find yes. I found every chance I could <laughs> <laughs> to mention him in the previous episodes, and that's because I studied his period. And yes, I think I would probably would have to say that, isn't it? I'm not sure if he's my favorite one, but I do have a thing for him, so I'll go with that. Favorite historical figure? Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> That's so tough. Where shall we begin? <sighs> I don't know. Like some of the first characters that I do confess that I have somewhat of a soft spot for the questionable and <laughs> extremely violent. I don't know. The Marquis of Pombal or something. But I don't want to go with him. Oh my. No. Okay. I know. Okay. The mother of our first king. Actually... No, stop. The first queen in her own right. Like we mentioned in our first season, Lady Teresa and Henry, so the couple that would birth our king, Afonso I. I just love them both. And I thought that was amazing. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. We just delved into Dona Teresa, this amazingly resourceful woman who's extremely ambitious and scheming and she gets away with it and it's awesome and this actually brings her to be the first queen of Portugal like the first monarch of Portugal how amazing is that and it's so extraordinarily unfair the way that she's looked at in the modern times she's demonized and mostly overlooked really it's been mostly forgotten that she was actually recognized by the pope as the first queen the first monarch of portugal and 
today really the figure that's painted is of this horrible woman who was too ambitious for her own good and who tried to steal the throne from her son she's a queen and I'm definitely picking Dona Teresa as my favorite historical figure in Portuguese history. As we go on and we go through different seasons, who knows, I'm sure we're gonna stumble on so many ones, but for now, that's definitely who I'm gonna go for. Dona Teresa. Okay, okay, I see that, okay. And going back to us, we just got asked by PVC Pro Wrestler on Instagram <laughs> as well. Yes, a friend of the pod. <laughs> a friend of the pod. They've asked us what's our favorite food, Portuguese and British. Okay, so this one's easy for me for the British one because it's cold outside. It's pies and mash. Oh, like, no I was going to it. say pies. I love yeah. yes. I yes. think I agree with you. I agree with you. It's such comfort food, like. Winter. Oh, pies, mash, and gravy all over it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, yes, that's definitely my answer as well. Do you have a Portuguese favorite? Oh, my God, I love so many. I have a few that come to mind straight away. I would say Cozida Portuguesa. Okay. I really love Ooh, that. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Oh. It's just, so Cozida Portuguesa is an assortment of meats. And it's, it's all these different... Well, a stew. Well, yeah, it is a stew. They boil in the water. Yeah, they boil the meat. Yeah, okay, but it doesn't come in a stew. Like it doesn't come in a sauce. Uh, there's no broth. The... There's no yeah, broth. Exactly. Like, you, you, yeah, exactly. It's dry. So, it's yeah. Yeah. So basically, they boil the meat and then they get the meat out, and that's how it's presented to you. And it's just an assortment of delicious meats. So I do love that. And for instance, I do love, <laughs> this might be a bit weird for people who are not from Portugal, but for instance, dobrada, which is meat and the stomach of the cow with beans, with white beans. And it's so delicious. My mom cooks it so well. I absolutely love it. <laughs> so you went for the meats first, and I know you have more on your list, but I'm more on the fish side of things. So anything okay. that comes like... Any seafood, like grilled oh. fish by the oh. sea, because I know. Oh, octopus, octopus, octopus yes. yes. So I, I'm all not those so are crazy like on fish, although I do love cod, and I do love swordfish as well, but like swordfish is delicious. And yes, octopus is really good. So I think for people who aren't from Portugal, it's going to sound like a really weird selection of foods, but they're great. Honestly, you should come over and try them. <laughs> and now we have another question from Yellow Seed on Instagram. And they're asking, who would you invite for a glass of wine? I'm assuming history. Portuguese history. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. assuming so. I was like, am I going to say John Lennon or do <laughs> we get to, you know, what's going on here? From Portuguese history for a glass of wine. I think I would go with a writer, maybe Esat Queiroz, possibly. Okay, cool, cool. Essa, who we posted recently on Instagram because it was his birthday, I believe. He's a 19th century author and I do love his work. And yeah, I think I would go with him and we would have a very jolly time. So I think I would love to have a drink with 
Natalia, not only her, but like all the people that were around her. Natalia Correia was a Portuguese poet in the 20th century and she had a place called the Botequim that still exists in Graça and they used to have like soirees there and poetry and lots of the major figures of that time would gather there and I'm sure it would have been a great place to be and to start or finish the night. Yeah, and another question that came in from asking, <laughs> if we had a time machine, where and when would you go? Oh, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, I have to I have a <sighs> like a oof, I think I have a top 3, top 2. Okay. I have okay, a top 2. Let's go with the top 2. I would definitely again, staying on brand, I would go to a palace party okay. in the time of John okay. V or something. Okay. Not anything okay. like... Yeah, just saying on brand there. We didn't um, see it coming. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So that would be my first option. And then, not the first. They're like on equal ground. But <laughs> I would definitely would like to be in Lisbon in the morning of the Carnation Revolution. Okay, like okay, yeah. The day of the end of the um, dictatorship in Portugal in 1974. So yeah. I think that it must have been something quite unique. Yeah, that's a great answer, actually. I would... Yeah, I don't know how long we would be allowed to stay with <laughs> with this time machine. I would definitely love to see the times... After the revolution, but that might take me a few years. So <laughs> yeah, I know because uh, right. it's such difficult, convoluted times. I would love to experience them firsthand to see what exactly was going on. What was the feeling? How would I feel about it? Because yeah, I still struggle through research and through reading to get a proper. I don't know. Uh, so many moving idea. parts as well, isn't yeah, it? So, so many pulling forces and definitely. But that would take a few years <laughs> after I the know. revolution, so I don't I know. know. That's a good one. What if you could just only stay for one day? One day. Oh, that's so difficult. <laughs> no. I would definitely like to go crazy back. Oh, there's so many times that I would love to go. I would love to see Roman Portugal which we haven't really talked about much, but I would love to see Roman Portugal. I would love to see the Al-Andalus time. I would really mm -hmm. love that. And even the Visigothic time as well, because uh, I would just love okay, those so ones. I'm going ancient. I'm going ancient. Yeah. I so can't... Inez is going, hopping on a time machine and we'll never see her again. <laughs> just from time to time, era to era, just checking out things like... Yeah. Yeah, but then again, can you not go to all that time around the Renaissance and the True. Uh, age of discoveries True. and stuff? Can you really not go? I hope I this time machine. I don't know what fuel it uses, but yeah, yeah, it's a really difficult question. But yeah, I can't pick one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but can you pick then? Because this is our next question from Annie Paul. Can you pick three words for Portugal? Like Portugal in three words. Sun. <laughs> Sun. Yeah, we agree Sun. on one. Yeah. And I would say like wine and cheese and chorizo. But that's it's like... not a word. 
That's not like that. Well, you can't. Yeah. I think I would say like something like C. C definitely. Yeah. C. Fado probably. I know it's very obvious, but I think I might go with it. I would say sun. Wine, cheese, and chorizo. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> for me. That's just, that is one word. That is super one word. It's a vibe. <laughs> that's what Portugal represents to me when I go back. And I can only think of food for some reason. <laughs> I think you well. can tell that I'm away. Oh, I know. I would go for the cobblestones. So I would go okay. sun, wine, cheese, and chorizo, and cobblestones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. I think I would do something very Portuguese, which is probably like sea, fado, and history. Yeah, fair enough. Which is there, like, we can't avoid it for as cliche as it might sound, but yeah, it yeah. is that. Yeah, awesome. Sounds great. So we've done three words. Oh, and now we have another historical question, and it is, how did the new state come about? And this one, it was a question that Seldom Makes History did a while ago, so she didn't submit it now, but I went over our Instagram and I came about this one, and I thought it gave us a great opportunity to answer to some of these questions that have been raised in our posts. That's a complicated one, isn't it? Yeah, and basically question about the time machine I just said that I wanted to go to the Carnation Revolution so that's the end of it <laughs> that's the end of the new state of Estado Novo and Estado Novo is the period that goes from 1933 to 1974 but that starts a bit before that actually the formation of everything and it corresponds to the dictatorship in Portugal that was under Salazar so this is what it is in two lines which is impossible to summarize and once again we would need like probably a season just for this Definitely. yeah but how did it came about so we need to go further back and I'm not gonna go into detail on it right now because I think we need to dedicate it its proper time but basically Portugal was a monarchy up until 1910 in 1910, there was the Republican Revolution that put end to the monarchy and gave birth to the Republican period of Portugal, of the First Republic. Those were very troubled times with... <laughs> we had a lots... lot of very troubled times, didn't we? <laughs> true. I know, we keep on going back to that sentence, but it's true. They you were particularly can... convoluted, isn't it? Yeah, so... This happens in 1910, 1914 to 1918. You have the First World War. Problems are rising from then on. And the 20s in Portugal are not an easy time financially, socially. And of course, that in times of crisis, there comes the figure of the savior. And in our case, the figure of this hero that would come save the day found its way through the Ministry of Finance and that man was Salazar. Salazar reached the government with a proposal of major changes in the financial side of things and that was his way in. Of course that then 
things would evolve quickly over the next couple of years and his project would widen and become much more global and is following the tendencies from other countries in Europe that were going to similar processes. Fascism did have its seeds in Portugal and Salazar goes drink on all those theories and ways of ruling that damaged Europe. And so that will unfold in Portugal as well in our own very specific terms. There's a lot of debate even amongst historians on whether Portugal had fascism or what kind of fascism was this because it has its own proper flavor, its own very Portuguese nature. But that's going to develop over time. But to go into all of that, we'll need to get proper time to do it. Isn't it, Inês? Sorry, I went out on a limb there, but it's, yeah. I think you summarized it pretty nicely. Just in terms of formal existence of this thing that was known as the new state, as Estado Novo, that happens then in 1933. It evolves from a previous period that is called Dictadura Nacional, na National Dictatorship, and that's a shorter period that in 1928 there's a coup to try and stop with all the confusion that was going on, but that opens the way to this thing that was brewing and that would become the Second Portuguese Republic or the Estado Novo. Honestly, every time that I looked into a new period, I'm like, oh yes, oh, this will do such an amazing season. But yeah, definitely. Sometimes it's a little bit trickier to cover more recent times, and this is 20th century. But we will definitely get to it at some point. Maybe just a little bit more experience under our wings again, so that we feel like we are able to tackle it and do it justice. Now we go back, 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 because Bayrouarov also asked us about the connections. They wanted to know more about the Lusitanians and what are their links to the Celts in the peninsula. There's a lot of theories around the Lusitanians and who were they in terms of population, who were them in terms of language, who were them in terms of religion even. And there's different authors that say different things about them. Some link them directly to the Celts. Others say that they were more connected with the Galicians up in the north of the country. But the division of the territory does give Lusitania, the place where the Lusitanians were, a separate kind of existence in the Roman Empire. They first fight against the Romans in 194 BC, and they do join the Celtiberians, that branch of the Celts, in fighting this invader, the Roman Empire. So it's a bit of a blur, and I think we need to dedicate some more time to it and to the different theories around the Lusitanians, but they do bring as one of the mythical figures of Portugal, which is Viriato, and he was one of the fighters, the commander of the Lusitanians that was a resistance figure and that plays a role in Portuguese history or what would be Portuguese history. It's, it's like a mythical founder before there was even a Portugal. But eventually the Lusitanians were under the Roman Empire and I'm sure we'll get back to them because also in terms of mythology, it's a really interesting people. So we need to give it some time and possibly an episode.
Great. All right. And bringing us to our last question now, so we don't go on for too long. We also had Ingrid Noss uh, reach out to us and ask for literature about history of Portugal. And this was in particular literature that was translated to English or done in English. Produced in English, yeah. Yeah. So what can we suggest? What is there about history of Portugal in English? In terms of bibliography in English, it's a bit of a struggle, honestly. Especially if you're looking for works that cover the whole history of Portugal. I'm going to say three titles that you can look up and that will post on Instagram so you have the full reference, which is A Very Short History of Portugal, and that's by Oliveira Marques. Then you have A People's History of the Portuguese Revolution by Raquel Varela. And then if you want more about the discoveries and empire, you have A History of Portugal and the Portuguese Empire from the beginnings to 1807 by R. Disney. And these are just the three that I came up with very shortly and very quickly because I think it's important to mention only historians that we trust and that we know that despite opinions, they've done a good job and they've done a good work on historical research. So those are three that came to mind and that you can have a look. But what I would really recommend is if you want to go into more specific subjects, you can search on JSTOR, which is an online catalog of articles, a database of articles, or on the run.unl.pt. We're going to post this as well, so you have the references. But those are places and internet databases that have a lot of articles from students, researchers, and people that have translated their works. And that might be a safer source for more specific subjects. So yeah. And that's actually a nice way to wrap it up because now you can go and read all of these titles and explore more about the history of Portugal or just wait for our next episode. Exactly. I think that brings us to the end. We will wrap up for now, guys. We will see you very soon with some other different episodes. Yes, keep on sending your questions or reach out to us if you have anything that you want to know or anything that you're very eager for us to make an episode about. And yeah, just keep in touch. Yeah, it's lovely to hear from all of you. And as you can see, just getting your questions, it easily turned into a little bit of a special episode. So it's just lovely to hear from you guys. And since we are now on our call to action... Please do review our podcast wherever you're listening to it. It really helps us. See you next time. See you next time. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> and this is where I'll stop for now. Join us on the next episode. Until then, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Corkout History Pod, where you can reach out to us, let us know your thoughts, and discover more about the episodes. Don't forget to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Your comments really are crucial so that more people can find us. Bye! Bye.